Do you remember that time I was calling people a nonce, thinking it meant numpty? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, to those among you who are easily frightened, we suggest you turn away now. To those of you who think they can take it, we say, welcome to the madhouse. Welcome to the Madhouse, the number one podcast for horror reviews, bullshit and booze. My name is Joey and with me today is a man who has recently had to explain to the police that those nuisance phone calls were all just part of a research for a podcast. If a dead person's curse went through his phone contacts on a murder spree, the phone sex industry would never recover. I, on the other hand, haven't heard from him in weeks. Not even one missed call. It's Jimmy Faulkner. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. A glowing intro as always. <laughs> you get some good ones. Yeah. Wasn't the most complimentary. Nah, like, if, if I had a curse on my phone, I tell you now, my mum, she'd be, she'd be a goner. Yeah. Uh, Nat, she'd be a goner as well. That'd be it. Well, I'm on there. That's true. You'd be a goner. That's it. That's three people gone. Never mind. But then I, w- if I realised it was a curse, I would probably delete all the phone contacts from my phone or tell all my mates to delete their contacts, and then it stops yeah. its tracks. That is the uh, that is the the way forward. I think. Yeah, it's a it's a loophole in the system. But the film this week is one missed call. 2003, it was released. Slash 4. Slash 4, for some reason, yeah. Yeah. Came out, like, January 14th, 2004, I think. Or in, in like, the US or something. Yeah, and it was, like, a year before for January. Uh, for January. For Japan. Japan, yes. We may never know why. <laughs> there you go. That's just how it is in the film industry. As we always say, the uh, Eastern Europeans are probably still waiting for this film. Yeah. That's true. They'll get it. They'll get it 20 years. Anyway, this is the Japanese version and not the terrible, terrible remake that the Americans did four years later. Yeah, the original. I did message you to ask, which one did you mean? Because yeah. I hadn't seen either yeah. of them. The American remake, by the way, seems to be considered like one of the worst horror films. Yes. Terrible. <laughs> terrible. People do not like that film. No. It came up on lists of worst horror films ever, top 10 worst films. Great poster, but terrible film. Poster looks good. They even changed the ringtone. I know. That was the fucking thing that really annoyed me. Because that's my probably my favourite part of this film, because I had it when I watched this film back in, I think I watched it 2005, 2006-ish. Yeah. And I had a fl- flip phone. Yeah. And I downloaded this ringtone and I had it as my ringtone for fucking years. Did you have the little bejangled jewel thing hanging off it like all the girls did in this film? Yeah, of course I did. Yeah. And there was like glitter all over it. it yeah, of course. Stuff. Cool. That's how I roll. Yeah, stick those little sticky smiley faces on your phones in the old days. Yeah, I've got. You should see my laptop is covered. <laughs> Low key. I meant in stickers though. Oh. <laughs> Uh, it's so sticky anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. This film was directed by Takashi Miike, is how you pronounce that, I checked. Nice. And he has directed 100 plus films. Yep. I found that fact from a few years ago. Fucking hell, so he must have done some more. He's probably done some more since then. Based on a novel. Have you got any of his credits? No, because I looked at the list and I didn't know any of them. Oh, 13 you... Assassins. Okay, I've heard of that one, yeah. Quite good. And he did the, uh, li- I think, live action version of Ishii the Killer, which was a manga uh, um, cartoon 
no, you can't call it cartoon, can you? It's manga. It's just manga, yeah. You'll have people after you. But that's fucking really good. And the start of that film is that Itchy is stood on top of this building. Uh, he's having a wank while uh, a guy is attacking a prostitute. Oh. Sets a tone for it, and there's a lot of, like, it's good. It's good. Like, the manga shit was amazing. Like, legs flying off everywhere. Awesome. The film, brutal. What's it oh, called? Wanking over a pimp hitting a prostitute. It's fine. Well, yeah. Oscar. I, <laughs> I hear you shout. <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't watched it, but I, I definitely think it sounds like a, an Oscar winning film. So, one missed call based on a novel written by Yashushi Akimoto. Oh, I didn't know that. Called. Uh, I'm going to butcher so much Japanese in this episode. Yeah, I know. Uh, We're terrible at, like, <laughs> pronouncing just normal fucking English names. <laughs> and now we've yeah. chucked a Japanese film into the mix. <laughs> so the author of Yashushi Akimoto... No, sorry. I've already fucked up, Jimmy. The author's called <laughs> Yashushi Akimoto, and the book was called Shakushin Ari. What did that mean? One missed call? Something along those lines, yeah. I get a lot of missed calls because I don't answer my phone. <laughs> I don't like phone calls. I hate them. Just text. Just send me a text, man. You're the that says don't like phone calls. I text you and then you ring me. Do I? Yeah. <laughs> it's an honour then, isn't it? <laughs> You're one of those people. Send up a text and then a bloody phone. Oh, God. I didn't want to talk to you in person. Oh, I didn't realise that. <laughs> I hate phone calls. The worst is FaceTime. I'm, yeah, I'm no. sat here in my pants. Someone FaceTimes me. What's wrong with a normal phone call? Like, I don't want to see your face. You don't want to see my face. Yeah, that it's was the worst weird. thing about the lockdown and pandemic was having to look at people. It's just weird because you have to hold your phone up like that and you're busy doing yeah. stuff, talking to people. And it's like, yeah. why, why am I holding my phone like this just so you can see my face? I'm not doing anything interesting. Just taking a shit. <laughs> yeah. Can't man shower in peace. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> back to the film. This film was followed with a sequel. Uh, One Missed Call 2. Yeah. In 2005. One Missed Call was uh, also the name of a 10-episode uh, Japanese TV show. It came out in 2005. Yeah, I've not seen that. That, that might be quite good. And the third film... One Miss Call Final was released in uh, 2006. Yeah, 2006. They slammed them out quick. That is a, a, One a quick year. turnover. Yeah. I've not seen the sequel, so they might be shit. Might find that one Who late. Knows? Yeah. Right. Are we ready to do the paranormal graph? Yeah, I'm ready for a paranormal graph. I'll open it up. Do you want to tell the listeners what? Uh, Ponzi drink you have in your hand. Oh. I mean, it's a massive glass. Are you allowed to say Ponzi anymore? <laughs> Probably not. Do you remember that time I was calling people a nonce thinking it meant numpty? <laughs> <laughs> God, I yeah, wonder why I got funny. the reactions I got. Just for the listeners, <laughs> I thought nonce was the same as calling someone a numpty. <laughs> <laughs> and I got some looks for a good few years before someone explained oh, it to me. Yeah. Oh. Oh, you nonce. <laughs> Fuck me. Anyway, what I'm drinking, uh, because uh, we're the number one podcast for horror reviews, bullshit, and booze, but my booze was always dark fruit cider. <laughs> <laughs> until until the last episode, Scanners, you had, what, did you have? Strawberry daiquiri? Strawberry daiquiri. I decided to up my game. This time, yeah. I'm drinking another drink I never drink, red wine. And I even dug the wine glass out the cupboard. <laughs> No, I said the wine glass. <laughs> that's a that's a fucking wine bucket. Have you got a whole bottle in there? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't really like red, red wine, but you know what? Uh, I don't know if it happens to Nobody you. Nobody does. UB40 didn't even like red red wine. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, you know, I don't know if it happens to you, but it might happen when you get married. People just buy you wine for stuff. They come okay. Birthday, they'll turn up. Come to ours to hang out. Oh, we bought you some wine. It's like, thanks. Put it on the fridge with the other bottles I'll never drink. 
What's wrong with just turning up with a bottle of Sambuca or Drambuie? Don't know. But don't worry, this is not me in some kind of crazy uh, slow descent into uh, respectability. Right. Good. I've got a pint of Strongbow, so I've gone boring. I was going to say, you used to be the one who turned up with like brandy and a whiskey and a box of Rosie's Pig. I know. I've got four cans of White Lightning, though. <laughs> so I'm saving <laughs> them. <laughs> Don't I'm get too exotic. I want to do a, a, a coherent podcast, so I'm saving them for maybe later. You can't start doing coherent podcasts this long in. You're just completely going off brand. Yeah, good point. Anyway, what were we doing? Paranormal graph. We're going to do the paranormal graph. The wine I'm drinking, by the way, is called The Jam Shed. And it tastes like piss. Just for that's my <laughs> review of the booze. What you have? Well, how would you review your <laughs> cider? Just tastes like cider and extra strongbow. You know where you are with it. You know where you are with it. Yeah. It's usually strongbow dark fruits for me, as we've already said. Right, I'm going to kick it off then. All right, give me a sec. Why? What's that mean? My, uh, I'm just loading up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> the thing you sent me. Yeah, put put the wine glass down. <laughs> Okay, right, yeah, kick it off, let's go. While out at a boozer with friends, Yoko misses a call on her mobile, but the caller ID says it's from herself. She and her friend Yumi listen to Yoko's voice message, dated two days into the future, where she says, oh no, it's starting to rain, followed by her horrendous scream. Ah, oh, is that where she got the, uh, the, the nickname Yoko? Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Two days later, <laughs> Yumi receives a call from Yoko. Oh no! And realizes <laughs> that Yoko is on the same routine as the voicemail. Yoko screams as she is violently thrown off an overpass. Oh no! Onto a speeding train. Her severed hand is seen dialing a number, although authorities assume suicide. Her schoolmates recall similar deaths that were preceded by voicemails. Yoko's boyfriend, kind of boyfriend, Kenji, tells Yumi he got a voicemail from himself dated two days after. Kenji dies falling down a lift shaft and a red sweep falls out of his mouth as his phone dials another number by itself. Yumi meets Yamishita, P.I., who has been investigating the curse. That also claimed her sis- his sister, Ritsuko, Fuck, can I start again? No, I've given you all the difficult words. <laughs> I fucking noticed. It wasn't that. It's just the way I said it as well. Right, so he's investigating the curse that also claimed his sister, Ritsuko Yamishita, shares that the next victim is called one minute after the previous death and that the victims have red sweets in their mouths. The investigation leads them to a hospital. They trace the autopsy records to a girl named Mimiku who had died from an asthma attack. Ritsuko's journal says that whenever Mimiko had an attack, her sister Nakako oh, fuck off. Her sister Nana- Nanako would suffer some injury at the same time. They suspect Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Yumi's friend Natsumi also becomes a victim and dies on national television. Awesome. Yumi herself is the next to get the cursed voicemail. At an orphanage, Yamishita meets Nanako, who is unable to talk but has a teddy bear that plays the same song as the ringtone that calls you when you get the one miscall voicemail. At the abandoned hospital, Yumi is haunted by the spirit of Mimiko. Her cell messages her that she will die in one minute. Yamashita finds an arm clutching an active mobile and stops his call. After the minute elapses, Yamashita uncovers the crate holding Marie's body. It comes to life, and Yumi sees her own abusive mother in the walking corpse. She embraces her and apologises for leaving. Marie's body returns to a lifeless corpse. Yamashita goes back to the orphanage where they've found a videotape that reveals that Marie did not abuse her children after all. Instead, Mimiko abused her sister. The tape shows her cutting Nanako's... Ah, fuck off. The tape shows her cutting Nanako, then suffering an asthma attack. Maria found out the truth and rushed Nanako to the hospital, leaving Mimiko to die. Nanako tells Yashimi Yamashita... 
that guy, that she would get a candy from Mimiko if she stayed silent. Yumi is haunted by Mimiko in her home, playing out the same events her voicemail showed. When Yamashita arrives, he finds Yumi normal, but is stabbed by her when they embrace and sees Yumi appearing as Mimiko in the mirror. After a dream where he helps the dire Mimiko with an inhaler, he wakes in a hospital where possessed Yumi feeds him a candy with her mouth and smiles, revealing that Mimiko has found a new Naniko in Yamashita to care for. Sweet, that's that over with. A little bit of a plot there for you to catch up on. Kind of. Could have could have missed off the entire end of that movie. Yeah, it was a bit of a weird... If you ask me, it's a weird ending. Yeah, it is. You think it's going to end a, like a couple of times and it carries on to... Should have left it. As soon as they found out that it wasn't it wasn't the mum doing all the abuse, it was actually Mimiko. Yep. Done. Yep. Should have left it there. Yep. They uh, they definitely should have yeah, ended drag it. Drag out. End drag it. out for another fifteen minutes. Why do we keep talking at the same time? Is because we, we're on so sync. Yeah. We we always need a week at the same time and now we just talk at the same time. <laughs> Little insight, Boom. insight for the listener. <laughs> <laughs> One missed call. Shall we? Never missed piss. <laughs> <sighs> Shall we? Frights and delights. I'm giving you one fright already. <laughs> yep, let's do it. Death cannot be put on hold, but this podcast can. It's frights and delights. That was the tagline. That was good, yeah. This film. That was good for a, for a change. There was... <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> there were some film posters for this film, Jimmy, that were around before the release that stated, from the creators of The Ring and The Grudge 2. This was not true and was removed from later posters. Some speculation to the reasoning for this apparent false advertising is that it was a mistranslation Maybe the poster was meant to say from the country, Japan, that brought you, or the culture that brought you these films. In the same way you might see uh, a Hollywood blockbuster being a certain type of film, they might be trying to play on the Japanese horror film being a certain type of horror. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. So uh, I thought that was a little interesting thing, because uh, I like the, uh, the uh, you can never translate from Japanese to English unless you really know both languages quite well. <laughs> An alternative ending exists. Uh, oh, that first one was a delight, by the way. Okay. Uh, this one is a fright. So an alternative ending was made uh, where the exorcist man dies. Yes. This ending was just added to the end of the last scene we saw anyway in the final cut, and it consists of the exorcist Performing his smoky little ritual and receiving the missed call. The This is the guy this is the guy who was on the TV show. Yeah, who's just a shaman. Messing around with smoky yeah. things and yeah, saying yeah. things. Yeah, chanting. With uh, Natsumi. Oh, is that his name? No, that oh, was, that was that the next girl, to you and you wanted to see the girl you. on the telly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so a terrible joke. Uh, the voicemail is just a few seconds in the future. And then a big sink type thing just comically drops on his head and kills him. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, I heard about that. Yeah, it was like a bucket or something. It fell on his head. Yeah, big metal thing. Just big kind metal of thing. Just randomly smacks him around the head, crushing him and killing him. Uh, it wasn't Better included. Than the end of this film. Yeah, I kind of understand why they didn't put it in. It felt like it took away from the film rather than adding to it. It wasn't exactly in keeping with the tone of the whole film this big comedy ending yeah. maybe it would have been more memorable the last 15-20 minutes of this film just seemed like a confusing mess yes it was like they would it was a weird like we've got the twist the twist was fine the twist was that they all thought that the mother was abusing their children because yes. she was making the meal and then she was being the mother the Munchausen by proxy syndrome and the twist was oh it actually wasn't the mum it was the the kid hurting her kid and then 
bringing on her own asthma attack to get sympathy from her mum. Yeah, it was the that elder was daughter twit. hurting the younger daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And that was that was the brilliant twist. Yeah. And it was a twist. I, mean, I didn't see it coming. Yeah, I mean, if you see it enough times, you're obviously going to see it coming because that's ridiculous because you know what the ending is. (laughs) (laughs) Join us next week for more obvious facts from Jimmy. Cheers. (laughs) But you see, you know, but you know what I'm saying. I think you can. I think some people could work out that twist. Yeah, but that's all you needed. That that twist. Fine. Let's leave it there. Fucking brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> I'm a wordsmith, me. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, we get what you mean. It twists. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant, mate. <laughs> they didn't need to do that bit. It seemed like they were on some kind of contractual obligation to do a film a certain amount of length, and they went, oh, shit, we've wrapped up too early. Um, yeah. Let's have 15 minutes of this little yeah. girl appearing in, appearing in places. I got one yeah, more. Yeah, you've only done... Okay. No, yeah, no, you can go. No, I was just going to riff on that. Carry on. Uh, we're we're finishing that riff. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> there are a number of moments that are a nod to Japanese horror and specific moments throughout Japanese horror film industry. There is a nod to The Grudge uh, from 2002 uh, with a ghostly figure hiding in the cupboard. Uh, it's very symbolically the same in the way the stances and the look of, you know the look from above yeah yeah and what's the other film ring ringu 1998 yeah there's a uh, the general plot basically of the last third of the film someone trying to lift a curse before they die at a specific time is not to ringu which was 1998 yeah, but, but yeah, they basically put all together the films like, like you said, Grudge, uh, The Ring, Ringu, uh, Dark Water, Pulse. Yeah, have all very kind of similar theme. I think this one out of that whole list, I think this one back in the day, I thought this was an absolute fucking banger. But watching it again, I was a bit disappointed by the ending because I forgot about the ending. I yeah. must have blanked out my memory or it might have been the weed. I don't know. Might have been the weed. But so I th- it... I'd still put it. Yeah, it's good. It's good in the list. I think it's still I think you I think it's worth a watch if you enjoy Japanese horror films. Yeah. Can I ask a question? To me or to the audience? Yeah, to you. Sorry. Okay, because I am the audience. Uh, yeah, it's you. You're right there. Okay, yeah. Sorry, it's a drink. Uh, that, it's just wine makes me so tacky. I didn't realise. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's the wine, is it's it? It's a bad choice for um something that needs your voice, mostly. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the film name. Battle Royale. Yeah. Do you class that as a horror film? Battle Royale, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, Yumi, she's uh, she was in Battle Royale. Koshibasa, I can't say her name. Ko, Koshibasaki. Okay. I only ask because I, I want to do it one day. Yes. Well, yeah, actually. The, uh, anyway, she was in it. She was, she was, uh, she played uh, Mitsuko in it. Um, but Battle Royale 2 in my opinion, has one of the best fucking intros ever. Fucking love it. It's amazing. You have to explain it a bit to me. I've seen Battle Royale 1. I don't know. I'm sure I've seen Battle Royale 2 with Nat. Both of them. I'm not going to explain it. Okay. But it is It is the best. Uh, basically, he blows up. Uh, anyway, no, I'm not going to explain it because we might do it one day. But it's fucking good. Good. I only wanted to know because I want to do it one day and I don't want to go choosing one where you're going to argue with me that it's not horror, so I'm getting it out of the way. No, it's fine. It's up there with one of my favourite films, Battle Royale. Don't make me go and get the fucking Japanese cover DVD out for the (laughs) will. See, that seems like a hint that you want to go and get the Japanese DVD cover out. (laughs) Beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. 
Yeah. Was it Scanners? Right? It was Scanners, wasn't it? I had my selection, yeah. and I was like, "Yeah, you foolishly selected it." And I came out with the box set. I will come out with the battle royale double disc with the proper, nice, all in Japanese cover. And then you can take that out and you can fold it over, and it's got a different cover. Ooh. Anyway, come on, let's get off this. Uh, I'm done with Fraction Delights. I'm just. Oh, okay. Messing Me. Around. Yeah. Wait and see if you've got anything special. Well, I was kind of. I wanted to go funny. Yeah, I wanted to go funny this time. Okay. It was like I was thinking, uh, they're getting killed by the phones. So I was kind of thinking, ah, uh, maybe I can find some amusing deaths that people have been killed by, like I don't know, falling on a banana and it going up their nose. Yeah. Things like that, like oh, we've been killed by a phone or oh we've been killed by a laundry basket did, did you look around your room then to see something as a as an example <laughs> by any chance <laughs> <laughs> but i fucked off all of that and i've gone to this munchausen by proxy oh okay you set me right up then for a for a good few humorous laughs no, there's going to be no laughs here, sir. Oh well, I'll be the I'll be the judge of that. Thank you very much. Okay, so I've got like three people here. I've got I like a list. It's three people. So there's this woman, Dee Dee Blanchard. She played the part of a sweet and devoted mother to her sickly teenage daughter, Gypsy. That is until a status update appeared on Blanchard's Facebook page that read, "That bitch is dead." And Blanchard was found murdered in her home. It turned out her teenage daughter, Gypsy, was actually a healthy 23-year-old woman who said her mother had forced her to play ill. In 2015, Gypsy met a man online named Nick who agreed to kill her mother. Gypsy was convicted of murder and given the minimum sentence of 10 years. Shit. And she looks like shit as well. Her mum made her look like shit. So, not surprised she killed her. How do people find people willing to kill someone for them online? On the internet, yeah, but like, there's there's so many stories where people meet up and they just happen to enjoy murdering together or just dark web. So weird, weird things. Maybe the dark web. Yeah, Tinder, Tinder on dark web, some sort of Tinder dark web. Yeah, don't know what you call it. I've no I idea about that. In 2008, Leslie Wilfred called her husband Chris from a Georgia hospital room with news that, her, that their twins were stillborn five months into Leslie's pregnancy. A service was held for the twins with photos of their ultrasounds and two matching teddy bear-shaped urns. Family and friends gathered to mourn and show their support. Leslie and Chris Wilfred had four children from previous relationships, all of whom suffered from a slew of psychological and medical conditions, according to their, uh, according to their parents. Their drama-filled history raised suspicions with the authorities. It all came to a head after the baby's deaths and resulted in a full-blown investigation. While filing, through, while filing through her computer, police discovered Wilfred had ordered the urns five days before the death of her children. Investigators also discovered that Wilfred had her tubes tied before marrying Chris. She was never pregnant with twins, and her other claims made her actual children's terminal health issues were not true. Wilfred was sentenced to eight years in prison and 30 years of probation for child abuse. Shit. She's just a bit of a fucking wrong, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, yeah, that's one word for it. It's a very weird thing, Hope... isn't it? Yes. This, the whole uh, I don't know. Like, there's like a a moral question that someone with Munchausen does horrible shit yeah. deserves to be in prison, but it's clearly got a mental issue as well, so do they need to be in a mental hospital? Yeah, probably. They're not getting a lot of time in jail, these people, so... And they're probably not getting help either. Alright. Who knows? I don't know. Who am I? Hope Yabara, a former chemist, was a mother of three suffering from her third bout with cancer. 
She blogged about her illness as well as her daughter's terminal cystic fibrosis. So when Yabara became pregnant with twins and subsequently lost them five months into the pregnancy, the family and their community were absolutely wrought with grief. It wasn't until the police got involved that the truth began spilling out in massive sadistic waves. Hope was clear of any and all cancer. Her daughter did not suffer from cystic fibrosis and there was never a pregnancy with twins. Yabara had poisoned her child with pathogens, tampered with sweat tests to ensure the medical results she wanted, and even periodically drained the child's blood. This last step caused the most bodily harm and on one occasion caused her daughter to go into anaphylactic shock. Hope was tried and convicted of child abuse and sentenced to 10 years in prison. Yeah, 10 years isn't that long, is it? I mean, she's clearly mental. I mean, these people have clearly got some mental illness. Yeah. They but, they just need help, like. But then they've caused, like, serious harm to people as well. Yeah, I know, it's fucked. So, like, what what do you do with... What do you do? Do what Gypsy did and get Nick from the dark web and get her to kill your mum. Yeah. There I you suppose. go, that's my advice. <laughs> And you could take that to the bank. <laughs> I'd like to cash in some vengeance, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... Uh, oh, uh, oh, okay, you've come to the bank. Revenge! <laughs> yes, you can cash that in, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. There you go, that's all I got for you. <laughs> the bank of maybe, revenge. Maybe we'll do the banana up the bum next week. <laughs> Don't make promises. No, it's up the nose, would it? <laughs> <laughs> Depends how much you pay. Uh, not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, then you probably just get the banana and you got to do the rest yourself. <laughs> Should we do the master of the macabre before we descend into yeah, why not? even worse territory? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking at me blankly then. <laughs> oh, we're still rolling then, are we? <laughs> we're still rolling now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, rolling. What is it, 19 fucking 20? Master of the Macabre. Welcome to the Master of the Macabre. We're going to find out who was absolutely terrible and who's actually worth a callback. Who have you got today, Jimmy? Oh. I've only got... Well, I don't know. I've only got... Is is that your phone? Yeah, that's weird. (laughs) You going to answer that or are you going to let it... I'm going to get to voicemail. No, I'm going to let it go. I'm just going to screen it. <laughs> Sounds Probably, healthy. It's only my mum anyway. Don't worry about it. <laughs> is that your mum's ringtone, is it? <sighs> right, I'll call her back in a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, I've only got... Well, I don't know, actually. I've, I've struggled with this. I've struggled with it. Um... At a push, I've got a one. I've got a one-er. Okay. Maybe a two-er. Maybe a two. I've got maybe a two-er, and to be honest, they're just the two most obvious. Okay. Um, I spent a lot of the time reading subtitles. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Which is fine. I'm just saying. You lose a bit of the nuance of the acting. That's, that's a good point, because your eyes are looking down, aren't they? So yeah, yeah, yeah. You see a lot of you see a lot of words and a lot of crotch. Yeah, which isn't always a bad thing. Sometimes it's just a tattooed person. <laughs> I like that that's clicked. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you look at the film, and then you do have to keep looking to read. And I know it's only for a second to look up, but you're gonna lose some new ones. So I've I've got co. Uh, Shibasaki, who's Yumi. Yeah, yeah. Which seems like a just a normal, easy choice. 
Yeah, main character. And uh, Shinichi Tsutsumi. Yeah, Shinichi Tsutsumi. As Hiroshi Yamashita. Yeah, he was good. I could pick either of those two. Yeah, slim pickings. Really. Are they the same two you had? Yeah, obviously. So we don't even have any crossover. Let's just go for no. leading lady then. Well, I let's just talk about Shinichi Susumi. Okay. Hiroshi. I didn't understand what he was in this. I put P.I. at the start. Yeah, so... I don't think he was. I think he was just a fucking busybody trying to solve his... Because the cops, they weren't bothered. They they didn't like him sniffing about. Yeah, so That's why I thought he, maybe he was a P.I. Yeah, I've just seen it before. I, I don't think he introduced himself very well. No. To uh, Cause the... Yumi. No, and because when he's in the morgue, taking the thing out of the dead girl who drowned, the copper yep. goes, calls him Mr. Funeral Director. That was terrible. I shouldn't have done that. Funeral Director. <laughs> oh, my God. That I was just you... drunk. That wasn't me doing a Japanese accent. I thought you were actually me. trying to speak Japanese. That's how, how No, no, no. That was accidental. And I was flicking my teeth with my oh, finger. Yeah, yeah. I saw on the camera, obviously. Thanks. Um, so I didn't really, I think he was just trying to solve his sister's death. So I don't think he was anything legit. I don't think he had a badge or anything. I think he was just a busybody. I'd be more likely to give it to uh, Ko Shibasaki. Shibasaki. Uh, yeah. He was sometimes a bit obviously false, edgy yeah. type thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? 2004, yeah. little bit emo. Yeah. A little bit emo. A little bit Japanese emo. Yeah, just in his attitude. Emo. <laughs> uh, oh, God damn. What, one more and we officially can't put this out. <laughs> that fine. That was fine. We usually go for 10 strikes and we're out on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's give it to Ko. Yeah. Yeah, why not? She was in Battle Royale as well, so sweet. Send her a uh, Master of the Macabre medal. Yeah. And uh, that's not real, obviously, because we haven't got that kind of budget. Nah, man. Good vibes. That's all you get here. Sending good vibes. Peace. And uh, moving on to the Madhouse rating system. Yeah! The Madhouse rating system. Right. Someone's left us a message. It's two bloody chances doing some sort of rating system. It's the Madhouse rating system. I don't see anything going wrong. Right. Is that, is that means, does it mean if we never do the rating system? Yeah, maybe. We'll always be fine. Right. First up, we've got tension and suspense. Uh, Mike really does a good job, I think, of making this, uh, or making you feel like an existential dread. Yep. Like feelings of impending terror that never really go away while watching the film. And, uh, like even the slow exposition that happens between killings or chilling, chill, ch- killings or chillings, nice. killing, <laughs> I didn't mean that, killings or chilling moments. They kind of serve a purpose to let you sit in the atmosphere of inescapable evil vibes. Yeah, there's definitely an atmosphere. So, and there's a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot of moments where there are good tension points, but then there's one point that bothered me with the tension and suspense was the guy who fell down the elevator he just got sucked off (laughs) well not a bad way to go (laughs) down the elevator (laughs) he got sucked off down the elevator yeah he got like some weird thing that sucked him down the elevator shaft but that wasn't what bothered me what bothered me was that he got he showed someone a voicemail that said his last words 
and they said, that's two minutes from now. And then two minutes later, he says the words he knows he's not really meant to say just because someone reminded him he was meant to be studying. Like, what was it? Um, Oh, shit, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, the words. yeah. And then you're thinking, even if you don't believe in it and someone comes up to you and says, you've forgotten about this. It's got to be on your mind. Don't say, oh, shit, I forgot about that because they're the words that I say just before I die. I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, I, I think, think I think you would. I think if you heard that two minutes ago and it was like, oh, shit, I forgot. It's like, oh, uh, what? I don't know if I, I'm going to be saying that at any point or whether that registers in your head. And then that woman goes, oh, you're late. Oh, shit, I forgot. <gasps> oh! I think that would be. I think that would be the natural reaction. I don't think you can. I don't think you can cheat it. It's death. It's like Final Destination shit. I don't think you can cheat it. Yeah. Maybe I'm overthinking. But if I heard that my last words were going to be anything specific, yeah. Like, if you said, if I heard my last words were, oh shitty shitty shit shit. Yeah. I would probably have this thing in my mind never to say the word shit. In fact, every word I say on from then on is fuck off. So people leave me alone and don't tempt me to say those words. Maybe, but I I I don't think that. I think I think that would that I think you'd say it anyway. Cause it's there and it's in your head. And I don't think you'd be going, Oh, I I'm not I can't say that I can't say that I can't say that I think it's there in your subconscious or something to go oh shit 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 and then you get bloody trampled by a fucking wildebeest or something I don't know it does happen around these parts well, you live in the country don't you it's a common common way to go yeah wildebeest everywhere all right, or it's how we live. We 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 follow them around the land, actually, and and live yeah, off all them. Right. Or Where, a, wherever the herd goes. Fucking partridge, or what are those funny things that always get hit by cars? Children, not children. Feathered, pheasants. I'm thinking of feathered. Were you describing them? Or were you trying to say pheasants? <laughs> describing it, <laughs> a feathered pheasant. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Just say you you think that you could, if you heard your last words, you think you could alter that, like you're that dude from Final Destination. Okay, yeah. I don't think I could. I think it'd just be natural. I think it'd just come out anyway. I'd get a tattoo on my arm don't. saying "Don't say oh shit, see shit." But then I go to a tattooist and I say, "What do you want tattooed on your arms?" And I go, "Oh shit, see shit." And I go, "Oh bollocks," and I die. There you go, exactly. So, See, you can't get out of it. No, you can't yeah. cheat the Grim Reaper. Yeah. You could you could try and like evade him for a little bit, but as we know from that classic Oscar winning movie Final D, that you can't you can't. See, I thought you were gonna say Oscar winning movie Bill and Ted's bogus journey, True. where That's they say it. you may be a king or a chimney sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the Reaper. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you say potentially in suspense? Give... I think I would give, yeah, it, I'd one. give it one. Just that one moment pissed me off. And a few there's a few small other moments, but not enough to take anything away. No, there's a few bits. So, so let's let's give it one. Miss call for tension and suspense. Lovely. Um what does it rhyme with? What's the next one? Was that another knock at the Japanese there, or were you <laughs> thinking? Because that's our final strike. <laughs> no, I'm thinking. Oh. Is it? What is it? Give us a clue. It rhymes with Shaw and... Oh, yes. Gizual Rex. Yeah, I got it. So, this one is uh, gore and uh, visual effects. It had really nice gore and visual effects, yeah, it Jimmy. Did. They didn't have much of a budget. <laughs> there we go end of conversation they didn't have much of a budget 1.6 million dollars so they had to get creative and it was just it was quite incredible what they achieved actually my personal favourite gore moment 
Wasn't Natsumi getting every bone in her body broken and her head twisted off in the film studio? Now, when uh, she was yeah, go on, sorry. with the exorcisty man and uh, the creepy figure that was hanging around and did a few scenes, just knocking about in a few of the yeah, scenes. Mimica. Yeah, um, that bit where she's getting all her bones crushed in her arm. Now, yeah. does it twist her head off, or does her arm pop her head off? Does her own arm pop her head off? Because I Ooh. thought it was her own arm twisting round that popped her head off. Well, I don't know, but I thought it was twisting off because I saw her head turn ah, maybe almost it was. 180. Yeah, maybe it was then. Maybe a mixture of both, though. Yeah. I didn't know how I had to watch that again. Either way, end of the scene, her head's on the floor and her body Over is there. decidedly in a different place yeah. in the room. Yeah, I like that. I liked... Um... When Yumi's in the abandoned hospital, and I don't think it's gore, but it's a nice visual effect where Mimiko comes down from the ceiling and her hair's dangling down, and then you see her running upside down across the ceiling. Thought yes. that was nice. That's yeah. creepy. Not as creepy as like other films. And... But does the creepy there's a visual effect, it's also like an audio effect because uh when uh she there's those jars being pushed out from doors oh, yeah. with fetuses yeah. in. And it's it's not just these deftly hands around a jar and there's fetuses in, which is freaky, but it's also the yeah. creak of them going across, slowly across the floor, and you can hear it happening in different parts. That was really good, actually. They were nice jars as well. That's a gore visual effect and a sound effect. For yeah. later. They were nice jars. Yeah. So... But do you feel old now you notice things like yeah, nice jars? Yeah, so literally, the <laughs> night before, so we watched we watched this um, last night, and then the night before, Wednesday, we watched uh, a very shit film on Prime called Skin Collector. And um, he had the same jars where he put women's heads in. And they're quite graphic. Okay. Popped the women's heads in, but we were just laying there on the bed watching it going, oh, they're nice jars they are. And then it came back again when she was pushing it through and go, oh, it's those nice jars again. <laughs> yeah. It's weird, isn't it? I like that. See, like, props in films and go, that, that'd look good on my... Yeah, I think I'd like, like, four or five laid out in my kitchen. I'll have some with, like, lentils, some with, some with some pasta in it, and then I'd have one with, like, a head in it, like a picture of a head in it, and then I'd have, like, <laughs> yeah. dried beans in another one. And like I don't know, some different shape pasta in the other one. I just chuck them a weird one with a head in it. Oh, real head. Yeah, you could probably get some horror shaped pasta. Yeah, dicks okay. or something. But you know, you can get take a picture of your face with like a fish eye yeah, lens. Pop it in. Cut it out and put it in. That's a what jar. I'm saying. Not a real one. Yeah. I'm also gonna put a real head yeah, in yeah. it. Yeah, you don't need to explain that you're not gonna have a real. Head Maybe in a there. cat head if you find a cat head outside. Yeah, or just a dead cat. Dead cat, little dead cat, little dead kitten. Pop that in there. Next to the lentils <laughs> or my couscous. Delicious. Um, Mike said that he that they did a lot of improvisation to get the effects how they wanted them, and they always wanted to use practical effects, staying away from CGI, which is something I know we both yeah. always like. Uh, a practical effect is always welcome at the Madhouse podcast. Yeah. And the cinematography is actually really good as well. And that's always a handy skill to have on a relatively low budget because, you know, the skill means more than the money. If someone gave me a few million to make a film, it would be a shit film, but I'd be very drunk on a lot of drugs for a few months while making it. 100%. Yeah. Be 10 minutes. That's not true, actually. If anyone wants to invest in us to make a film, I guarantee we'll be a yeah. banger. I've got some good ideas. It involves cats in jars and couscous. Yep. And the chef. Yes. Be like diners, drive-ins yeah. and dives, but like I'll be going around graveyards, digging up people and eating them. Yeah. Triple G. Yeah. Graveyards. Diners, drive-ins. What's it called? Diners. That's called diners, drive-ins and dives, but I think we could do triple G. Graveyards, gills and guts. <laughs> Sweet. Graveyards, grannies and guts. 
Okay. Grannies. <laughs> I'm just thinking of G words. You said girls first, and now you're going for grannies, which is just, just girls, but in a specific age range. <laughs> <laughs> Not prejudice. Anyway, what are you giving it for going visual effects? Because I think it's another. I another think it's one. star. Cool. Yeah, I like the visual effects. Good. Give a star to Okay, two. next up we have performance. Pretty good performances from a solid collection of actors, I think, dealing with tough scenes of terror that kind of show skill when you have to... I, I, I'm thinking uh, of scenes where the... Uh, what's that guy called? Uh, shit, sorry. It's a clue. Terrible podcasting. He had the the paranormal type guy with the TV show... And he turned up to take away her best friend to help her. Magician. And they showed her. Paul Daniels. <laughs> what? <laughs> David Akora. David Akora. <laughs> Basically, Bullshit, man. there's a Japanese David Akora yes. in this. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, he shows her a picture of the video that's just come up on the phone. She's just been handed. And that terror she shows, I thought it was really good acting. And I think that there's a, quite a few of the actors that have to show that kind of yeah, terror through the film. And it is really well done. They had uh, themes of child abuse in the film, and that was dealt with well through the actors. And it was a good showing with some genuinely good acting. Yeah. And again, I think I would give it one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just give it one. Unless you want to go half a point, you're looking hesitant. Um, no, let's give it what one. The, let's the, give it one. The, the emo guy. Okay. Give it, give it one. All right. What's number four then? Musical, Musical score, score and sound and effects. sound, sound effects. effects. Sound effects. Yeah. Well, uh, Koji Endo. Did the score, and it's a it's a good score, right. uh, and that phone ringtone is immediately iconic. It reminds me of the Halloween tune in the way that it is, like straight off the bat, right for the film, sits well with everything the film is about. It's simplistic, but it fits. It's not more than it needs to be. They just found like the right. Yeah, thing. creepy as fuck. And, yeah, phone ringtone is kind of the perfect way to redo that because you can't have too much because it's a phone ringtone. They're working within a boundary. Yeah. So within that that boundary of what you can create musically, they had to literally rely on the melody and the notes, and they, they, they got that perfect. Yeah, I love that ringtone. It's from a, It's from his film that he did before. I can't remember what it was called. I think it was Go. I saw that and I can't remember what it was called either. Or something. Something like that. I can't remember. But yeah, I fucking love that ringtone. So, what do you think from musical score and sound effects? We've, we've told ourselves not to dwell on it no, too much. I don't think we should give before. it a full star. Fucking hell, you neck that down. I don't think we should give it a full star. I think we should give it half a star just purely because of the ringtone. Okay. That's fine by me. Right, last bit. Overall experience. <sighs> I have some questions. Maybe should turn to you for this. Okay. Do I need a lawyer? Maybe. Sister, right, no, go on. Sorry. You tell me what you got to say because you normally have... Uh, written down no i usually turn to you for everyone oh, experience okay. i think um i like it didn't like the end obviously it didn't think that ending bit needed to happen but then again i suppose it is about mimiko then finding her in a sort of weird afterlife way of carrying on abusing and doing her thing with uh Matey boy, can't remember his name. Yamushitu. <laughs> yeah. Yamushitu. So I think they could have cut that out. But a question. So the mm-hmm. the 
that he finds the mum in a crate dialing up the phone. Now she's given so so yeah. she's basically giving out a warning, isn't she? She's ringing them to that's their that's a warning, isn't it? So the whole thing she's doing is like a warning. I it? think so because she's dialing on the phone, isn't she? And that's yeah. bringing the person, and then apparently that's giving. I think she's giving them a warning because Mimiko was going to kill them, but then that ends okay. up killing them. Uh, yeah, it's it's a strange but one. But when they die, the dead person is ringing the next person. So why is the mum got yeah, the yeah. phone ringing people? And how have they got the contacts for all these people? But maybe that's how she's controlling the next phone. Because the phones are dialing themselves, they are. aren't they? Yeah, they look maybe. Like the buttons are I mean, pressing that, themselves. That should so maybe be... she's doing the dialing from her phone. Yeah, but that should be explained. There was quite a lot in this film that wasn't explained. I call what this film did in my head Die Hard Fiving. Because <laughs> in Die Hard Five, they, they, there's a bit where he John McClane goes, I think I need to be in Russia. The next minute he's in Russia. I think I need to be at this, what's the place called where the nuclear thing happens? Chernobyl. Chernobyl. I need to be at Chernobyl. He's at right. Chernobyl. I need to be here. I'm here. And I call it Die Hard Fiving because it was absolute bollocks. He was like just figuring something out. I think we need to be at this part of the country. And the next scene, he's just there. I think that happened a few times in right. this film. The Die Hard Five okay. bit. Yeah, okay. Fair enough then. Okay. Right. We'll put that down as a, a precedent for every other film now that that happens. It's Die Hard Five here. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even finish the film. I didn't even finish Die Hard 5 because it pissed me off right. that much. Okay, so there was a lot of Die Hard 5 in this film. So, yeah. But overall, I I like I like it. I really enjoyed it when I very first saw it. And I think I first saw it on fucking, before streaming, I think it was either like film four. Don't know if that's still a thing. Okay. Yeah, they used to do quite a few uh, Japanese late, late night. night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it, that was when I yeah. saw it, along with like Pulse yeah. and and The Eye and things like that, like at 11 onwards. So up to now, we're on... Uh, three and a half. Uh, three out of four, yeah. is it? No, it's three out of five, isn't it? Three out of five. Three and a half out of five. Three and a half. Did you give it half music? Uh, yes. Yes, for the ringtone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm not going to give it an extra one. Are you going to give it an extra one? Sorry, at this point, by the way, we can either give it a point per me and Jimmy or take a point away or leave it as it is. I think I'd, I think I'd leave it at three and a half out of five. I think that's a good, respectable score. Yep. And it's our first journey into Asian horror. I've got a couple more on my mind that I think we should do. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to join you in not giving it a star. Excellent. But because three and a half, three and a half sounds... Yeah, respectable. On. Respectable! It is, which is a very good score. Saying two and a half is average, isn't it, out of five? So it's above average, but it's... Not a classic. Anyway, get it watched if you've not seen it. We've just ruined it for you. Never mind. Yeah, this is a uh, yeah. I I think it's a, a given. We don't have to give any spoiler thing out here. Nah, bollocks. Yeah, bollocks. Fuck yeah, I'm tough too. Bollocks. Are you ready for the IMDb challenge? Yes, I think so. So you're telling me that you've not seen this film? No, I haven't you seen haven't this film. You haven't seen I this give, film. Yeah, I gave away some information. I haven't seen this film for a reason, which I'm not going to give away yet, because I think it might help you okay. with this. The IMDb challenge, by the way, I've realised we should be explaining things as we go along, because not every listener has been listening a long time. IMDb challenge is where we take it alternate weeks to choose a film, and then whoever has chosen the film reads out the IMDb description to the other guy and he has to guess what the film is. I'm shit at it. Jimmy's 
pretty much on 100%. Uh, I don't think so. I think it's about 85. <laughs> Still better than mine. What, 10? <laughs> Give you 12, 15. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Generous. So you ready for my description? Yes, I think so. Okay, I'm going to leave out two words in this description, as we are allowed to do when it's too Are obvious. they the name yeah. of the film? Pretty much. Now you know it's two words. Damn it. Okay. A couple travels to Eastern Europe to visit a rural hometown's fabled Swedish festival. Oh, it's Midsommar. Yeah. yeah, boy! I missed out the words midsummer between Swedish and festival. Like word. Midsummer, you said too. Midsummer. It's hyphenated words. Nah, still only one word though, isn't it? Uh, I don't care. Champ, champ, champ. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I don't want to dwell on it anymore. Don't care. The reason, by the way, that I have put off Watching the film is purely time and length of film. It's a Fucking long one. Fucking long, isn't it? Yep, and it takes an evening. Yeah. So now I'm going to have to watch it, which is why I chose it, because I want to watch it, and now I've got an excuse to put myself out. Definitely worth it. For an evening. Definitely worth it. And it's uh, let's not get bogged down like we did with Hereditary. Did we get bogged down? I know we gave it like a six exactly. out of five. We got yes, carried it's possible. Cause it's, yeah, because it's... It's the same director, isn't it, and writer? So yeah, let's not get. Let's just think of what happened with Hereditary and how much backstepping we did through those episodes. Going, ah, we got carried away. We did, but that was what incited our new rule <laughs> that we were retrospectively allowed <laughs> to change a score for every episode once, and then that's yeah. it. So, because we in our rating system. It gets one star for everything. It's an overall experience. We can give it one or take it away one or leave it as it is. And we can both do that. So technically we can have a six out of five, which is very clever. Uh, genius. Counter right to genius. Thanks. <laughs> and uh, it's not at all complicated. So, yeah, we got carried away with the hereditary. We gave it a six out of five. I can't remember what we amended it to afterwards but that's the only one we've ever had to amend yeah. we just got caught up so we'll keep that in mind yeah we, we got, got caught, caught up, up in it got excited so a few too many drinks yeah we'll try not to get caught i mean the head on a bloody lamppost jimmy it's <laughs> genius so like, we'll try not to get caught up in this one i think but it is good yeah weird i'm looking forward to it but now right now just very moment We've got to do our band of the week. Which could really do with a jingle like band of the week. Band of the week. All that. Yeah. Even we could go in either direction. Who's to who's to say? So <laughs> Do you wanna introduce the band, Jimmy? This week we got a band, the dead beats, with their song, Flatliners!
That was Flatliners by the Deadbeats, and if you liked it, and why wouldn't you, you can find them on their Bandcamp by visiting deadbeatsrockandroll.bandcamp.com and you can get hold of their latest album, Die Screaming, Marianne. They are rotter balls deep in making their new album. While you're at their Bandcamp, please do yourself a favour and pick up their merch pack with a t-shirt, stickers, badges and a bloody book, all just for £20. All proceeds from the sales of those will be split between two charities, one helping animals, and one helping to kick cancer's ass. So what the fuck are you waiting for? Stop listening to this shit and get over there. And as for us, don't forget to subscribe to the Man House podcast. Give us a sexy five-star review. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And please send your favorite redacted files to <laughs> at <laughs> .com. And Jimmy and myself will see you in a fortnight-ish for our next episode on Midsummer. Welcome to the Master of the Macabre. We're gonna fuck. Whoa, hopefully not.